You know, this morning, I want to ask you a question. When's the last time you heard God speak to you? I mean, God really moved you and moved in you. If you have your Bibles, I'd love for you to turn to 1 Samuel chapter 16. And, and uh, we're continuing this journey through the book of 1 Samuel. And we've called this series Kings, Queens, and Pawns because it's, this is the beginning of the monarchy. This is the, the beginning of God's people experiencing an earthly king. And it's a very important time in the history of God's people. And um, today we're going to look at the life of Samuel and this experience that Samuel had. And, and it's an important passage. And, and the main lesson through this entire series is this, is the fact that we need the Lord on the throne of our lives. It's, it's so easy for us to follow what God's people have historically struggled with, which is assuming the throne of our lives. We want to be in control. And, and we are a people learning to submit to the voice of the Lord, learning to hear his voice and to follow him, learning to live every day with him on the throne of our lives. And this is very important for us. You know, I can remember a time in my life when, when I was um, a freshman in college, I, I, I played tennis in college, and I, I, I went to southwestern Oklahoma State for the first two years of college. And, and, um, and I remember being in the dorm, and I was in the Word. I, I was trying to walk with the Lord. I, was, I mean, Jesus had changed me. He had called me to ministry. I knew that I was supposed to be a pastor. And, and, uh, but I found myself in Weatherford, Oklahoma. And, um, and you know, I was struggling. I, I, was, I was having a hard time. I'd, I got in a fist fight my freshman, first, second day of school, and I took the brunt of it. It wasn't, I didn't win. And, um, and, and I, my girlfriend broke up with me. You know what they say, absence makes the heart grow yonder. You know, my, we went to different schools, and, and you know, we broke up. And, and, um, and I was just having a hard time. There was this kid that lived next door to me, and I was the tennis freshman, the tennis recruit, and this kid named Corey was from Tulsa. He was the big basketball recruit, and so we were lived next door to each other in the athletic dorm, and, and I was watching Corey, and man, he was partying it up, and, and man, he seemed like he was having such a great time. And here I am striving to walk with the Lord, and I'm, I'm struggling. And, and I was in the Word. I, I, I didn't want to wake up my roommate, so I went out in the hallway to have my quiet time. And Corey's room is right next door to me. I'm in my underwear in the hallway of my door. I mean, I don't think it's a big deal. I'm sitting there in my underwear. And this girl walks out of Corey's room, and I'm sitting there in a chair in my underwear reading my Bible. And it had to have been the most awkward moment for her because I'm like, how you doing? You know, good to see you. And she's probably a believer rebelling against the Lord because she's probably, her testimony is like, oh, this guy was having this, reading his Bible when I was rebelling. I don't know if she was or not. I didn't know her. But, but it was a moment that I felt like I was at a crossroad because I was wondering, God, I'm, is it worth it to follow you? Because from my perspective, Corey was having this incredible time. And here I was striving to walk with the Lord, and, and I was struggling. And, and I, that day, I'll never forget it because I was in Psalm 37. And it was like Psalm 37 begins with, do not fret because of evildoers. And it was this challenge in Psalm 37 to trust the Lord no matter what. 
And I can remember consciously saying, Lord, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow you. I, I don't feel it right now, but I'm going to follow you. It was a crossroad. I'm so glad God spoke to me. I'm so glad on that day I heard God's voice. And, and you know, when, when we think about 1 Peter, Peter is this incredible guy that I, I'm intrigued by. And he, he heard God's voice. He watched Jesus walk. He lived with him. And, and then he rebelled against him. He, he left Jesus in this critical moment. And he experienced this transforming power of God's forgiveness. And he he writes in 1 Peter 3, verse 15, it says this, in your heart, set apart Christ as Lord. That, that in, for us, we've got to be a people that say, Lord, we, you are Lord of our lives. We will set you apart intentionally and purposefully as Lord of our lives. You see, that's how God has spoken all through history. And as we come into... Um, for Samuel, we see, we see God speaking. We see that God speaks clearly. And, and, and you know what? I, I want you to understand something. God speaks today. I say it like this. God, we've got to be a people that when God tells us to move, we will move. That we will immediately move every time God says move. And this is important for us. This is critical for us as believers, especially in the day that we live. Now, we live in this culture, however, that when we say God has spoken to me, they look at us and go, really? You mean God said, God spoke to you? And, and what, what is interesting about the, the world that we live in is there's a growing skepticism of a lost world they don't understand the voice of God. But for us, when God speaks, it is the most normal occurrence for us to be a people that hear his voice and respond to him. Would you stand with me and let's turn our attention to 1 Samuel chapter 16. We're going to read verses 1 through 7 together, though this morning we're going to process 1 through 13, and it says this. The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you grieve over Saul, since I have rejected him from being king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go, and I will send you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided for myself a king among his sons. And Samuel said, How can I go? If Saul hears it, he will kill me. And the Lord said, Take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. And invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you what you shall do, and you shall anoint for me him whom I declare to you. Samuel did what the Lord commanded and came to Bethlehem. The elders of the city came to meet him trembling and said, Do you come peaceably? And he said, Peaceably I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. And he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. And when they came, he looked on Eliab and thought, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. 
But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or his height or his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And this is the word of the Lord. Thank you. You may be seated. Now, now I want you to understand that when God speaks, it makes sense intellectually. It makes sense that, that, that God has spoken because we look at the world, we look at creation, and generally God has revealed himself to us. We, we, none of us can, can stand at the ocean or, or, or like this moment I had at my very first church my sophomore year as I went to visit a kid on the farm, on his wheat farm. And, and, I, and, I, and, and Rick Payne was this kid that was in my ministry. And I, and I, I knocked on his door and nobody, nobody was home. And it was almost harvest time. And as I walked to leave his house, I looked out across the wheat fields. And it was wheat. As far as I could see, it was the most beautiful thing. And though man planted that wheat, God provided it. God made it grow. See, God has spoken to mankind, but he has specifically said who he is. And this is why intellectually every person must deal with Jesus and come face to face with who Jesus is. And it's like C.S. Lewis said, when you think about Jesus, he's either a liar, he was, he's a lunatic, or he was Lord. He's Lord. And we understand Jesus is Lord of all makes sense intellectually to, to, to recognize that God has spoken. It makes sense practically because all through history, God has been faithful to speak to the hearts of people. I can look in my own life and point to moments that God clearly spoke to me. Now right here, look back at verse, verse 1. It's an interesting passage because the Lord said to Samuel... We, we've been looking at this. Samuel has been struggling. God's people have been rebellious, and, and Saul has just been this disaster of a king. And it's broken Samuel's heart because Samuel has invested in Saul. Samuel had, had been following the Lord, and Samuel had, been, been, had, anointed, had anointed him and had, had, had helped Saul, had rebuked Saul, had tried to speak into Saul, tried to help Saul. And then we looked last week how God rejected him, and God said, you're done. And Samuel's grieving. He's brokenhearted over this. And, and this is the prophet, the one who had spoken for God, who had, who had followed the Lord, and, and he's, he's brokenhearted. Look at this. He, God says to him, Samuel, or Samuel, how long are you going to grieve over Saul since I've rejected him from, from Israel? He, he's almost like paralyzed because it didn't work out. He's like, then he says, fill your horn with oil and go. I will send you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I provided myself a king among his sons. You know, this is the prophet. This is, this is the judge. This is the guy that, this is the last judge in Scripture. This is the one that has spoken for the Lord. And you see in Samuel this incredible doubt, this weakness, this struggling in his life. Now, if you have your notes today, I want you to write this down because we see this right here. I want you to see today that, that God is working even when circumstances do not go according to my plan. Have you seen this in your life? Right now, this, God's at work in spite of Samuel's circumstances not working out. And it's interesting because, you know, he, he was 
he was struggling here. Look at verse 2. And, and, and Samuel's this judge. He's this important figure, and he's paralyzed. He's brokenhearted. Things didn't work out. He's struggling to trust the Lord. Verse 2 says, Samuel said, God, how can I go and anoint this new king that you've chosen? Look at this. If Saul hears it, he will kill me. Here, here's Samuel. I mean, this is the guy that is that just hacked Agag to death. We looked at this last week. This is, this is a strong guy. But yet he says, oh, Lord, what if Saul kills me? If he hears about it, he'll kill me. Which is interesting. I, I can relate to this because there are times as a pastor, as a leader, and you probably can too, when we, we need to serve the Lord, but we're afraid and we, or we struggle because we're like, this didn't work out like I thought. Maybe I can't trust the Lord. And I want you to know something. Even when circumstances don't work out like you think, we can always trust the Lord. And so what God says to, this is Chris Wall interpretation here, okay? He, uh, I hear God saying, get your rear up and go do what I told you to do. He says, how can I go if Saul hears it? Verse 2. And the Lord said, take a heifer with you and say, I've come to sacrifice to the Lord. You know what? There are times in my life, circumstances don't work out. Circumstances don't go like I planned. And I can remember that day in college, the Lord gently saying, Chris, trust me. Trust me. And I can remember, I, can, I feel this, I felt this, like, Lord, this isn't working out like I thought. This isn't, all, this isn't going according to my plan. And the Lord just is saying to Samuel, look, trust me. Look, tough times are going to come for all of us. And I want you to understand that when time, when things don't go like we plan, God's at work in your life. You may have dealt with a, a loss this year in your life. You may be facing a job struggle. There are many times that circumstances don't work out like we plant. But understand, God can be trusted. And we're called to obey the Lord regardless of those circumstances. I'm grateful that God teaches us that his plan's the best plan. We see this all through Scripture. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9 says this, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. You know, I want you to understand God can be trusted regardless of your current circumstance. And if you walked in this room and you can relate to Samuel today by, by struggling through the circumstances that you're facing, wondering, God, can, should I obey you today? Can I push you? Can we allow, God, better yet, can we allow God's word to push us to recognize that regardless of the circumstances, God can be trusted? That's important. Verse 3. Look at verse 3. The, the, it's cool what God says. He, he says in verse 3, here's what I want you to do, Samuel. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I want you to notice this, and I will show you what you shall do. And he goes on, and you shall anoint him. Look at this. 
whom I declare to you. Verse 4, Samuel did what the Lord commanded and came to Bethlehem. And, and this is interesting. The elders of the city came out to meet him trembling. So Samuel was afraid of Saul, but yet when he shows up to the city, the elders come out and they're like, oh no, that's Samuel. Oh no, they're trembling. And they say, uh, have I, do you come in peace? Do you come peaceably? And he said, peaceably I've come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves. Get, let's get right with the Lord. Come with me to the sacrifice. He invites the elders, and, and he goes on and says, and he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When he came, he looked on Eliab and thought, surely the Lord's anointed is before him. Look at the beginning of verse 7. But the Lord said to Samuel. See, all through this, God is speaking to us. Second point I want you to catch today. It's very important. Do you know that hearing God speak is normal for Christ followers? It's normal for us? God's people have historically heard God speak. And, and here's what I, I want you to understand is that God is speaking all the time. God is constantly speaking to us. And when's the last time you really heard his voice? You see, we, we live in this world. We're so distracted from from the voice of the Lord. We have so many distractions around us. There, there's so many things that, that cause us to, to ignore his voice. And right here, you see, you see Samuel. And God said, I'm going to speak to you. You know, there's a friend of mine that I've been praying for. He's not a believer. He grew up Hindu. And, and uh, last week, I, I was sitting with him, and we were talking about his life. And, and, and it's interesting because he said about his country, he, when he described the Christian areas of his country, he said, those are the uneducated people over there in the Christian areas. And, and he said, you know, in the, in the Hindu areas where we're more educated, and he goes, and you know, I, I really don't believe in anything because, you know, I have an education. He's really, really smart, really, really smart academically. But when a lost world hears us say God speaks to us, they're, they're skeptical. But you know what's interesting about, about him? We, we were talking about, I invited him to our church. And he goes, you know, I think I'm going to come sometime. I'm going to come to your church. He goes, I, I go to church every once in a while because it makes me feel good. And that, that excited me. See, God is speaking to my friend. And, and this is why I'm praying for him. And I'm, 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 I'm praying, I'm witnessing to him and, and in his life. You see, God is at work all the time. Henry Blackaby, if you ever went through experiencing God, said that God is at work all the time and we're to join him. And here's my prayer for us today is that we catch this truth that God is speaking all the time. My question is, what's he saying to you? Are you attentive to him? Because right here you see you see Samuel, and God is faithful to speak to him. I want you to know how God speaks. And you ought to write these down. These are not in your notes. These are just for free. But there are several ways God speaks, and I want you to be able to recognize his voice because there's a lot of voices coming at us. There's a lot of pressures. There's, there's a lot of, of messages coming our way, and we've got to be able to discern what is the voice of God and what is not. And this is important for Samuel. 
He, he said, God's, God said, I'm going to speak to you. And he had to discern, God, are you speaking? And, and as Eliab, this guy, this, this strapping leader of Jesse's sons gets before him, he looks the part. He's good looking. He's tall. He's strong. And God said, no, 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 it's not him. How did Samuel know? Because God spoke to him. And see, we can hear his voice too. And there's several ways God speaks. First of all, God speaks through his spirit. His Holy Spirit is at work. It's alive. We sang that, that, Lord, you are alive. And his spirit is at work. And his spirit moves in us and through us. And it's important for us every day to recognize how the Spirit of God is moving. And he, and he says that in, in Acts that he's going to come upon us in power as he allows us to be witnesses for him. And so as I, as I witness to my friend and, 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 and talk to him about Jesus, God comes in power. And gives me power and strength. And, and I don't want you to miss the power of God through his spirit. Recognize that his spirit is at work. God speaks through his spirit. And there are times that his spirit will just strengthen you and empower you. God speaks through circumstances. I mean, right here, there, this circumstance that was at work in Samuel's life, there, there are oftentimes God will, will orchestrate circumstances and he'll speak. I mean, if you're going through a difficult time at work right now or a difficult time in your family right now, do you think God's surprised at that? Do you think God was like, oh, man, I didn't see that coming? No, God is at work through the circumstances in our lives. God uses those circumstances. It's important for us to pay attention to the way God is moving and the way God is at work. God speaks through circumstances. God speaks through the church. And see, this is why it's important to be a part of a local body. You know, I, I, I sent nine text messages this morning of pastors in our area that I'm praying for. And I spent some time praying for them today. Because they're going to get up and preach the word and, and, and God's going to use them. And see, this is happening all over our city. Pastors who have been given a message for their local church. And this is why I believe it's important for you to be a part of a local church because God has a message for us in this room today. And, and, that's, and I have people come up to me and go, oh, Chris, boy, that was, that was really what I needed today. Well, I'll be honest with you, though, though I'm not that good to figure that out, okay? Uh, the, that's the Lord at work using his word. And this is why we're intentional about preaching the word of God. And I'm not Dr. Phil coming up and giving you my greatest advice, no, God's word moves us. And at this point, God's message for our church is we need to know him as Lord. God uses the church. God speaks through his church. God speaks through people. Now, there are people that God will put into your life and will, and will speak to you. He'll use, he'll use people to speak to you. Broken, even lost people. God will use lost people sometimes to speak to us. Now, now, those are just some of the things that God uses. Now, the, the last thing is so important. You know that God speaks through his word. And see, the word is, is so important, 
And I put that last because anytime God speaks through his spirit, he never contradicts his word. Anytime God speaks through circumstances, he never contradicts his word. Anytime God speaks through the church, he doesn't contradict his word. Anytime God speaks through people, he will never contradict his word. And this is why we need to know the word of God. Turn over real quick to, to 2 Timothy 3, verse 16 and 17. This is a passage you should memorize. It's not on the screen, or uh, maybe, Rhonda, you can put that up for the next service. But, but this is a great passage. It says, all Scripture is God-breathed. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete and equipped for every good work. And I want you to see how God uses his word and he speaks through his word. He confirms his voice over and over through his word. That God's word is, is profitable, like, like Paul said to Timothy, for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that we may be complete, equipped for every good work. And see, this is what God does. This is how God speaks. Now back to 1 Samuel. Go back to verse 7. And this is important. It's such a cool story. But the Lord said to Samuel, as these boys come before him, hey, Samuel, make sure that we don't make the same mistake we made before. Because God's people, remember they chose Saul because he was the tallest. He looked the best. He looked the part. And God reveals this incredible truth. Do not look on his appearance or the height of his stature because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. And we're so like that, aren't we? We so look at outward appearances. Our, we see that in our, our presidential election right now. How does this appear? How does this look? And what's more important, who are we? What's the heart say? That's so important in everything, in all of us, not just our elected officials. Verse 8 says, Then Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. He said, Neither has the Lord chosen this one. Then Jesse made Shammah pass by, and he said, Neither has the Lord chosen this one. And Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel and Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen these. And he, look at this. He's like, oh, my goodness, I've missed it again. Jesse, verse 11, Samuel said to Jesse, are all your sons here? And he goes, well, there's, there's one, the youngest, but he's keeping the sheep. I mean, you talk about if you've ever, I, I was a little brother, and so, you know, I had the moment of, I, will you choose me? Who's ever been the last chosen? I have. I've been the last chosen. Okay. Think about, the, I mean, the, the struggle. David was like, Dad, come on, man. I don't even get invited to the party. I mean, Samuel's the dude. He's the prophet. Everybody did what Samuel said. And, yeah, David, you, you got to stay. You don't get to come. You know. And David was probably 12 to 14 years of age right now. And, and Samuel said to Jesse, send him, go get him, verse, verse 8. For we will not sit down until he comes here. 
Look at this. And he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy and had beautiful eyes and was handsome, probably redheaded. Um, I love that. I love redheads. My youngest is a redhead. I prayed for that. And so you know he's tough. Redheaded probably. And the Lord said, as David gets there, the Lord says, arise, anoint him for this is he. And then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed David, anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward. And Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. It's interesting. As this story unfolds, as this, I mean, in this moment, nobody but Samuel knew that he was being anointed king. Can you imagine his brothers going, wow, this is so strange. I mean, they didn't know that he was being anointed king. We know this because later on, when David goes to stand before Goliath, we're going to look at this in a couple of weeks, his brothers say, Dave, what are you doing here? Get out of here. You little punk kid, what are you doing? Now, if they thought he was king, they wouldn't say that to him. But this was this private moment, this, this moment where God is, is getting the heart right. It's this internal work that God was doing in the heart of David. And it was this private act of worship. Now, now what Samuel did, and let's look at this. The third point is so important for us. I want us to catch it. You see, when God moves you, move towards him, not away from him. You see, th this is what Samuel's teaching us. God spoke, and he said, Samuel, I want you to do this. And Samuel was reluctant. He was fearful. He was like, Lord, I, man, Saul's going to kill me. Lord, I'm, I'm, this didn't work out like I thought. Lord, I'm frustrated about this circumstance. But, but yet, he said, trust me. So, so Samuel trusts the Lord. He moves toward the Lord. And then, and then he goes to this experience, and, and as these boys pass before him, he's, he's trying to discern where is God's, what is God saying. And then he sees David, and God says, move. That's him. And so Samuel just moves. God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what you say. I'm going to anoint him with oil right now. And see, here's, the, here's a huge lesson for us. And this is important as we go through this entire book. All through this book, you see God's people hearing his voice, but then disobeying him and moving away from the Lord. But when God speaks, move towards him. Move to him. You will never regret following the voice of God in your life, ever. Is that your practice? Or are you one of those that hear God speak, you know what God wants you to do, and you say, that's too hard, Lord. I'm too fearful, Lord. What would people think, Lord? I, I don't know that I can trust you, Lord. See, when God moves us, we, we've got to be a people that move towards him every time he says to move. And we see this. We see what's important here. 
Because we understand as, as what, what God said to Samuel, look, I look at the heart. And so can I give you three quick things that, that are important that we learn from the life of David? That, that when God moves us, we, we've got to be transparent. There's got to be transparency. And so today, can I ask that you choose to be transparent with the Lord? See, David, this was one of his greatest strengths because as he was watching these sheep, and, we'll, and we, we know this about him, that, that he, was, he was authentic, he was transparent. We see this all through his life. He writes in, in Psalm 51, this was, this was something that would happen later in his life as he, as he sinned with Bathsheba, as he wrote Psalm 51. And he says this, he says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence. Take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. See, when we move towards God, God pays attention to the condition of our heart. And I want you to know today, you can't hide from him. He sees your heart. He sees what, what is inside of you. And so it's important that we we, we recognize that. As I move towards the Lord, it's important to see, you see this, that my, my private devotion is more important than what I do publicly, even. God's looking at our heart. And so today, can I challenge you to not just have this public action, but you begin with this transparency in your heart. And you see this. We've got to choose transparency. Another thing, when we come towards the Lord, We've got to choose authenticity. And we've got to be authentic to the Lord. We ought to, we, we've, got to, we've got to recognize that, that we can't fake him out. And I'm so tired of churches that are, that are fake. Of, of, of the, I so want to change the church that, that you have to come in and get everything together before you walk in the room. That we have this inauthentic, like, how you doing, brother? I'm, I'm really good. I long to be a part of a church that says, you know what? I'm not perfect. I don't always have it all together. I, I sometimes, as your pastor, feel like Samuel. Lord, I, I'm nervous about saying what you've told me to say. And I'm, but I got to choose not to be that way. I got to choose to say, Lord, I'm going to, I'm going to trust you. And so we, when, you, when you come towards the Lord, it requires transparency. It requires authenticity. But you know what else it requires? It requires bravery. When, when you trust the Lord, when you hear his voice, you've got to be brave. And see, God has moved us to be a people that are bravely following him, bravely trusting him. I can almost hear God say to Samuel, hey, be brave. Saul may kill you. So what? Trust me. I can hear him. We see David's bravery all through his life. And it's going to be fun over the next several weeks as we look at David and Saul and their conflict. There's so many lessons to learn here. I love what 1 Chronicles 28.9 says this. David taught his son 
He says, and you, Solomon, my son, know the God of your father and serve him with a whole heart and with a willing mind. For the Lord searches all hearts and understands every plan and thought. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will cast you off forever. And folks, all through this book, we see God's people hearing God say, follow me and I'll bless you. I'll lead you. I'll help you. But if you reject me, there are consequences that you don't want. And that's, our, that's the message today. When God speaks to you, follow him. Trust him. Obey him. And, and my prayer is that we are a people that move immediately when God tells us to move. So today, did you walk into this room and you're not a believer? You've not trusted Christ as your Savior? Well, well today is a day that you could come and say, Lord, you're speaking to me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust you. Don't be like my friend. There's a reason when he goes to church that he feels good because God is speaking to him and God's the right way to go. Following his voice is the right thing to do. But I'll tell you, just coming to church, that's not going to get you to heaven. Come to Jesus today. Trust him. Put your faith in him. Is there an area in your life right now <clears throat> that you know you're supposed to obey him, but you're reluctant to, to follow him. Obey him today. Let's be like Samuel. In spite of our circumstances, God, we're going to trust you. Let's live every day in that incredible journey of hearing God's voice every day. And I pray Oh, I pray today that you and I move towards him. Do that today. I'm going to ask you to stand right where you are.